This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. One of the things that I love about reading the Bible is how much you can learn about God and who he is and how he operates. And the more I read it, it just always amazes me how much I see about who he is when I just let him speak to me through his word. And one of the things we can learn about God is that he is incredibly detail oriented. There are so many different examples of how detailed he is and how willing he is to give specific and exact instructions about how things should be done. We see it in the building of the tabernacle and of the temple. All of Leviticus is like a detailed set of instructions and ordinances regarding how to operate as a nation. And then over in Acts, when Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was blind for three days and he was praying. And at the same time, there was a man called Ananias who was already in Damascus. And Acts chapter 9 says that the Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision and said, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For behold, He is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so he could receive his sight. So here's Saul, blind, praying, probably saying, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. And then here's this other guy, Ananias, who has a vision at the same time and says, hey, there's another guy in town staying at Judas's house, and he's praying, and he's I'm just showing him a vision of you coming to lay your hands on. I mean, God is very clear, very distinct, very succinct in, in giving instruction. And of course, in that story of Saul, that's exactly what occurred. And I've said before, one of the ways that I see God is like a big, giant air traffic controller, right, in the sky. He sees everything all at once, and He knows the end from the beginning. He orchestrates things to fulfill his own purpose in the earth. And I was thinking about that again this week when I was reading the story of Noah's Ark in Genesis, which is another truly wild story if you think about it. So in the time that elapsed between Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis 6, mankind had already been deceived by Satan The first murder had already occurred. And by chapter six, verse five, it says this. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And verse six says, and the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and was grieved in his heart. Man. God was grieved in his heart. And of course, there's so much that you can unpack right there in that one verse. (laughs) But I'm just going to keep going with the story that leads us through God's decision to purify the earth at the cost of all human life and start over. Think about that. God says, 
I'm going to purify all of this wickedness and I will do it at the cost of all human life. And he decides to do this with a flood, an action that had never before been seen or recorded prior to that. And because the plan of God and the will of God is always redemption, he selected a man called Noah to build an ark that he was to enter with his entire family and through whom God would start over. Now, the ark story has always twisted my brain when I think about it because here's this big giant boat, right? It's filled with hundreds of animals and a handful of people. And they stay locked up in this thing for over one year. Most accounts say that from the day they entered to the day they walked out was 370 days. Can you imagine what that must have been like? I mean, what must that have smelled like? All of them animals and all of those people eating and going to the bathroom in this sealed up boat for over a year. I can't even imagine it. But but here's the thing. God gave Noah very specific details about how to build something that had never existed before. He told him what kind of wood to use. He told him how to seal it and how to make it watertight. He told him how to make rooms and exactly how long and wide and high this thing should be. He told him to make decks inside of it. And he told him where to place the door and the window. And he told him how many of each animal to bring with him, both for food and for redemption, all of that. But one thing that's glaring to me that God did not instruct Noah to put in this big boat was any type of steering mechanism. So no oars, no rudders, no nothing. Build this big giant boat Take yourself and your entire family and get in it and seal it shut and just let me take it from there. And Noah did just what God said. So when I read that, it's clear to me that God's plan to redeem to redeem mankind did not require Noah to do anything at all, but follow the specific instructions that were given to him and let God guide the entire journey from there. And though I am hardly a Bible scholar, I cannot recall any single place in the entire Bible where God gave a man an assignment and then said, you figure out how to make it happen. If there's a place in there that that's written, somebody needs to tell me. God told Noah exactly how to partner with him, how to do his part in the fulfillment of God's plan for man on the earth. And then he made it impossible for Noah to participate in guiding the direction of how that vision of God would unfold. And it occurs to me, you know how the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? God still hasn't changed his mind about how his will should unfold. If God ever gives you a vision or a dream for your life is not your vision, it's his. Now notice, I did say if the Lord gives you a dream or a vision. Now if you're just making up stuff and calling it God, that's a whole other thing and you're on your own. But if you are following the will of God and the plan of God, all of the instructions that you will need, he will give you. 
And all you have to do is follow those and go along for the ride. Now, it will require some participation on your part to hear the word of the Lord and then obey. But that's pretty much where it ends. If he wants you to speak, he'll give you the words. He told Moses that, right? If he wants you to act, he'll tell you what to do. Jesus said he didn't do anything he didn't see the Father do. If he wants you to go, he'll tell you where to go. How many times did God direct the movements of Paul? If he wants you to know, he'll tell you. And then it's on you. It seems so simple, but I wonder, would you have gotten into that boat under those circumstances with absolutely no idea how that plan could play out and with no ability to steer or guide or direct that thing or that journey for yourself or your entire family? I got to be honest, I'm not sure if I would or not. But this whole journey with God and this life in God, When you think about it, it's pretty easy and pretty simple. I've said it before. Living out loud is really all about radical obedience. Whether you like it or not, whether you want to or not, whether it makes sense to you or not. He speaks. You listen. You obey. If I had to sum it up, it really is that simple, family. That's how we do it. That's how we live boldly. Every day, out loud.